Well, today I'd like to extend to you an invitation. I'd like you to join me in heaven. How's that sound? <laughs> now, I can imagine your response. You stop me thinking, you mean like dying and going to heaven? Well, I, I hope you know you are going to heaven because you've really trusted in Jesus Christ as Savior. So you're confident that if you did die, you would go to heaven. Or maybe your initial thought was, well, if you're talking about the rapture, I'm ready. Let's go. Let's get to heaven as quickly as possible. Join the Lord Jesus in the clouds. Return with him into, into heaven. Well, what I'm really talking about is joining the Apostle John in the book of Revelation chapter 4 because John went to heaven. Now over the years I've had the opportunity to be with a number of people who were coming to the end of this life and getting ready to leave to go to heaven and I've seen some amazing things. I especially think of Mr. Ray. <laughs> I was there when he really had been kind of pretty much in a coma for a better part of a day, was totally non-responsive, and then I extended to him the invitation to, to depart to be with the Savior that he loved, and he opened his eyes. An amazing story. What was he seeing? Well, I think he was seeing either the angelic escort to take him to heaven, or he was literally looking into heaven. And, of course, we have the account of the Apostle Paul who said he's not sure whether he was in the body or out of his body, but he saw things that he was not allowed to share. His experience was so amazing, he was told not to share it. And the question is why. My guess is that if we really knew how wonderful heaven is, we wouldn't want to hang around here and get the work done that we're called to do. Well, as we get ready to go to Revelation chapter 4, let me just mention that at some point, we need to really come to grips with a practical biblical reality, and that is death. Now, we don't like to talk about it, and of course, when we lose loved ones, it's extremely difficult no matter what. If they know the Lord, it's a lot easier. If they don't, it's an incredible tragedy. But we need to understand what death is all about. Death is separation. And we need to understand that our body releases our spirit the moment that we die physically. That's it, separation. Soul and spirit leave the body. And the question is, where do we go? We're still alive, still very conscious. In fact, later in the book of Revelation, we're going to see where the martyrs during the, the tribulation period go before the throne, the throne we're going to look at in a moment. They go before the throne and ask when God is going to deal with those that have martyred them, that killed them. Now, their bodies are, are committed to the earth, their spirit, though, is alive and well. Their consciousness, they are, they are in the presence of God. And so when it comes to, to death, it's talking about separation. The death we need to really be concerned about is not so much the physical death as it is the spiritual death. Spiritual death is separation. It's separation from God for all eternity. And that's why in a day in which we're dealing with so many people dying from a variety of things, and certainly all the impact of the pandemic, we've got to let people know that Jesus Christ defeated our common enemy, death. And that common enemy was defeated because our sins are forgiven. We need not be separated from God forever because of what Jesus Christ did. And to prove that he accomplished that, he rose from the dead physically to demonstrate the veracity of what he taught. 
Now, we who embrace biblical truth, we need to share this with our family and friends and neighbors. We need to share this with others in this world because so often we hear about a person dying, especially a public figure, a celebrity, and we hear they passed. I oftentimes find myself saying, so where is he? Where is she? They're still alive. The question is, where are they? This isn't the end. This is a crossover point from time into eternity, and you're going to either be with the Lord or you're going to be cast away from him and then begin to experience the judgment for your sins. It's that simple. It's that clear. It is that true, and we see it taught in the Word of God. So let's join the Apostle John in Revelation chapter 4. And John now has had his incredible vision of the Lord Jesus Christ recorded in chapter 1, right after it talks about God's promise of a blessing to those that embrace the book of Revelation. And then, of course, later we are given an outline. And chapter 1 is what John had just seen. And then John wrote the seven letters, chapters 2 and 3, to seven churches throughout Asia Minor. And now we've come to that future section of the book of Revelation from chapter 4 on. And John now is actually going into heaven. And we read this, after this, in other words, after writing these seven letters, I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven. John was believed to be in his 90s at this point. He's on the island of Patmos. He's exiled there. And now he's having this vision. And so he sees this door open up in heaven. And then he says, And the first voice which I heard speaking to me like a trumpet. Again, notice the comparisons, the similes. You're going to see this throughout the book of Revelation. Like, he's, he's, he's trying to describe something that is literally indescribable. And so he's drawing analogies to things that we can relate to. And so he uses a simile. He says, it's like, like a trumpet. And the voice said, come up here, and I will show you what must take place after this. John's going to see the future. When we look at John's description throughout the chapters that follow from chapter 4 on, we can see these things potentially happening in our lifetime. And that's why it's amazing to study this book. So John then continues and says in verse 2, At once I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne stood in heaven, with one seated on the throne. Now what did John mean when he said, At once I was in the Spirit? I think this is talking about the Holy Spirit literally just overwhelming John, controlling him, filling him in such a way that the, the ecstasy of the moment, he was just in an intimate relationship with the Trinity, the triune God. And so John was in the Spirit, by the way, we can be in the Spirit at a lot of different locations. Here's John on the island of Patmos, but yet he's still in the Spirit. I don't know what your Patmos looks like today, but you can still be in an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit. And John said, And behold, a throne stood in heaven with one seated on the throne. John is seeing the Heavenly Father. And he, and he begins to now describe the throne. Now, the, when you take your last breath, what you may see are the angels that will escort you into the throne room. But it could be that, or maybe like Stephen, you'll be able to look into heaven. And he, Stephen saw Jesus standing, ready to greet him. And then John continues to describe what he is seeing as he talks about the one seated on the throne. And he says in verse 3, And he who sat there had the appearance of Jasper and Carnelian, 
And around the throne was a rainbow that had the appearance of an emerald. And around the throne were twenty-four thrones. Seated on the thrones were twenty-four elders, clothed in white garments with golden crowns on their heads. Notice that John talks about over the throne, around the throne, is what was like a rainbow. The incredible symbol of God's promise not to destroy the earth again with a flood. And it, but of course, we live in a day in which that wonderful symbol of God's faithfulness, God's promise, has been robbed and marred. And it's an offense against God as creator. That's one of the reasons I believe we're getting very close to the final judgment of God. Now, who are the 24 elders on the thrones? A lot of debate about this, but if you look at it, it's obvious they are wearing white garments, which suggests that they have been purified by the blood of Christ, with golden crowns on their heads. In other words, they have been rewarded, and we know that we in heaven will receive rewards for things we have done in our service unto the Lord. And so more than likely, this represents the the church. And of course, that would fit with the view that the church will be taken to heaven before the tribulation period begins. Well, John goes on and says, From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. And before the throne were burning seven torches of fire, which are the seven spirits of God. And before the throne there was the sea of glass like crystal. And around the throne on each side of the throne are four living creatures full of eyes and front and behind. I like verse 5 where it says, From the throne came flashes of lightning and rumblings and peals of thunder. Whenever we have one of our incredible storms in central Texas, I look and I think about this. I, I think about the power of God. And here what we see is John is trying to describe what he's seeing in terms of the throne room. And he's talking about flashes of lightning, rumblings, peals of thunder. Our God is powerful. The seven spirits of God represent the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And before the throne was a sea of glass like crystal. I mean, this is a magnificent scene. And this is what we as believers will see when we die or when we're taken to heaven. Now, we aren't sure what the living creatures are, the four living creatures full of eyes in front and behind. It's probably a select group of angels, a unique group of angels, And they're described this way in verse 7. The first living creature is like a lion. The second, a living creature was like an ox. The third, a living creature was with the face of a man. And the fourth, living creature like an eagle in flight. And the four living creatures, each of them with six wings, are full of eyes all around and within. And day and night, they never cease to say, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Now, don't be surprised when you see things in the Bible that are difficult to comprehend, difficult to understand, difficult to imagine, like these four living creatures that apparently have eyes, are able to see everything, and that they have certain characteristics that John draws a parallel to an ox, uh, to the face of a human, and You read that and you stop and you go, God is incredible in that we can't really even in any way comprehend him fully. And we then look at his creation and we see things that are really beyond our understanding. But we can take it at face value. We can see what these apparent angels, unique angels, are doing. 
In fact, we can go to the book of Isaiah and go back and read about Isaiah saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. We can see the parallel to Old Testament teachings, and that's, by the way, the best way to understand what we are reading in the book of Revelation. And then we read in verse 9, And whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who is seated on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who is seated on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Worthy are you, O Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Our world denies the wonders of God's creation, especially when it comes to the creation of the man and the woman, who were to be fruitful and to multiply and replenish the earth. God's creative order was marred by sin. And today that sin is filled with an arrogance in the face of the God who created us. And because of that, I believe God's judgment will soon come to the earth. But I close with this. If you were to die at this very moment, will you go before the throne of God and join in the worship? Or will God have to turn away from you because you have died in your sins? You're not yet forgiven because you haven't trusted Jesus Christ is your Savior. Please, right at this moment, talk to him. Ask him to forgive your sins. Ask Jesus Christ to be your Savior.